Hi, this is Lewis Black, and uh, you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, our old friend comedian Paul Mercurio. Now, Paul's been on the show many times. He's been on, uh, I guess, almost as many times as, you know, Pardo or Jackie Cation or some of our other friends. But uh, we still find out something new this week from Paul and uh, his experiences in life. For the age of seven to nine age group, it was required that you swim naked. It was all boys naked swimming. You were not allowed to wear a bathing suit. You just went naked and it didn't seem like any big deal to us. And parents knew about it and was sent home in a program and everything else. So we'll hear more from Paul about that in just a little bit. Uh, let me see. We have the song of the week coming up from the Veronicas. It is, it's an absolute banger. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And, of course, we're going to start things off with a dumb bit. First, there was Vanilla Coke. <laughs> then, Pepsi jumped on the bandwagon with Pepsi Vanilla. And now, Pepsi is trying to rip off Coke in an even bigger way. Introducing Pepsi Coke. It's Pepsi with the flavor of Coke. Mm. I haven't had Pepsi this good since the last time I had a Coke. That's because the can says Pepsi, but the taste says Coke. Wow, Pepsi Coke is awesome. See, some 20-something gulped it down and said it was awesome, so it's gotta be good. And it comes in every possible variety. There's Diet Pepsi Coke 1, Caffeine-Free Pepsi Coke, Caffeine-Free Diet Pepsi Coke, Cherry Pepsi Coke, Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Coke Blue, and Caffeine-Free Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Coke Blue with Caffeine. Wow, I had no idea the taste of all my favorite Pepsi flavors would taste better with a taste of Coke. Take the Pepsi Coke taste test today and see if you can tell if you're tasting Pepsi or Coke or both. Pepsi Coke. It's the Pepsi name you know with the taste of Coke you love. How many times has this happened to you? I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to the restroom. Hmm. Flounders or snappers? Ooh. Let's try snappers. Ooh, sorry, wrong door. If you're a guy or girl on the go, then you know theme restaurant bathroom designations can be misleading. But now you don't ever have to be confused again because you've got the Restroom Thesaurus. The Restroom Thesaurus lists every possible combination of male-female euphemism. Blokes and birds, bantams and hands, shoots and ladders, bobsleds and moguls, endomorphs and gynecomorphs. Yes, the Restroom Thesaurus is your one-stop source for avoiding embarrassing entrances into the wrong bathroom. Seafood restaurants. Oh, let's see. Buoys and gulls, bulkheads and portholes, hornpipes and shanties. Oh, here we go. Flounders are men. All right. Never walk into the wrong restroom again with the Restroom Thesaurus because you don't want to take a shot in the dark. Paul Mercurio is a stand-up comedian originally from Rhode Island. He started doing stand-up in New York City at the behest of Jay Leno, who he'd been writing jokes for uh, on the old Tonight Show when Jay was hosting that. And here now is our interview with Paul Mercurio. Okay, joining us on PS Tape Recorder, it's our old friend Paul Mercurio. Paul, how you doing? Good, buddy. How are you? Good, man. Running to and fro, as always. You're uh, always busy with something. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I guess we'll start with, you're still working on The Late Show? Working on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and uh, I'm walking by a construction site where <laughs> they're burying the hopes and dreams of all Americans right now with <laughs> the Trump inauguration happening. <laughs> so I'm in New York City, and 
there they all go. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, officially to be saying to Trump City, New York, probably anytime soon. Oh yeah. But that's that's a neat, but it never never stops here. Um, yeah, so I don't really show Stephen Colbert. In fact, I'm uh, I just, I'm here on it doing stand up. I've been doing some, like segments on the show. I was on it uh, in June. I did stand up on. I'm going to be doing stand up again on it February 10th. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Cool. So, All right. It's really cool to work in that venue and, you know, on that stage where Elvis and, uh, you know, all these great acts perform. You know, oh, like, yeah, uh, yeah. The Beatles. The Beatles, yeah. And, of course, and of course, Paul Mysterio is yes. right in that category <laughs> with those people as you know. But, there should be a, uh, I don't have to tell you that. <laughs> there should, um, should be a plaque there. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, it's great working at CBS that I'm doing... Uh, I'm doing segments now for CBS Sunday Morning Commentary. You know? Oh, okay. We've been watching that. Yeah. I haven't seen them yet, though, because we, we put that on after our Yeah, I've been on. Okay. Been on. It doesn't help when you're a host and your guest says you've been on something and then you say, I haven't seen you. I know. <laughs> here's what, here's well, what you do when you host a show and someone says you've been on a show, you go, oh, yeah, that's really great. I yeah. saw that. Music well, you better learn how to bullshit, man. That's right. <laughs> well, I, 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 uh, I find it odd only because we watch, we watch very little TV, but we watch that show after our late local news is, or our late breakfast news is on we switch over to cbs to watch cbs sunday morning but then i'm usually running uh-huh. around getting my wife breakfast in bed and spoiling her and stuff so maybe that's why i'm yeah. not seeing it i'll have to ask her <laughs> maybe she's seen it you... um, <laughs> so you, you... Um, go on sorry you're cutting in and out but go ahead oh, uh, you, were, you were talking about uh, with the thing with uh, trump and of course america's hopes and dreams Dying, uh, but I mean, you're a, a pretty even-keeled guy. Yes, you worked on the Daily Show, but then you also regularly appeared on Fox News on uh, on Red Eye and some other programs as uh, a featured yeah. guest. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, you you're probably not as liberal as people might paint you having come from the Daily Show. Uh, you really are more kind of a moderate guy. Do you, do you think that's a pretty good assessment? That you kind of have the um, the average American's viewpoint on things. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I feel like you know, uh, every American that didn't vote for Trump should be burned at the stake. But otherwise, I'm moderate. No, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I don't carry pills of water for either side. I, I, I'm an issue by issue guy, so I go on all the shows, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, and I'll talk different issues. I mean, like you know, it really depends. I try to be like practical and logical about it instead of like this staunch ideologue that just doesn't want to hear things that he doesn't agree with. So I think that's a problem. Like everybody's sort of just talking at and over each other and not to each other. And I've actually created a show that we're pitching uh, about how there's there's all this pivoting behind these shows and spinning and no one ever really like says anything. So um, I think it's a problem and I think a guy like me should be on those shows just to kind of call everybody on their bullshit, you know? Right, and right. So, yeah, like, so, you know, I'll go on Hannity and, you know, or Fox News or whatever, and I'll, and, and they're cool with, you know, me not, they don't want everybody to say all the Republican talking points because then they don't have any controversy and interesting right. conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like, uh, it's, it's good for, for people of opposing views to be on their show, you know? And I think it really helps. I think you've told me before, or maybe it was somebody else, now I don't remember, but that occasionally you've sh- turned up on these shows and they kind of like try to push you in a certain direction or, you know, kind of direct things and say, hey, could you yell more at this person? Is, was it, do I recall yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, 
And I usually say, uh, can you go fuck yourself? And then uh, <laughs> I leave the building. Uh, yeah, you know, I try a little bit of it. try to, you know, kind of maybe not be so blatant about it and kind of just move you in a certain direction on something. And you're like, you know what, I'm just um, going to say what I want to say here. And, and that's the way it's going to be. And uh, and they're usually okay with it, you know. But, uh, but it, you know, it's, it's entertainment. It's news and first and foremost, so it's entertainment and commentary, you know. Yeah. But, you, you know, you, as long as you kind of understand what you're walking into, then you know how to handle it, you know. But, but, but everybody's got an agenda on those shows, and the agenda isn't really to inform anybody. It's just to get their point out over and over again and support their guy over and over again, regardless of what happens, you know. So, right. And well, and as you pointed out, of course, you know, it's when you show up there, you know, they have to realize it's not your first rodeo. Right. You know. Right. You know. And I, and you know, like uh, I was on some panel, and some woman's like, "Oh, Obama hates America." We were talking about the, you know, some issue, the CDC or something, you know, that happened. And I just kind of snapped on it. And I went, "Really? That's all you got? I mean, <laughs> you don't want to read a little bit? Like, say you don't like his policies or." foreign policy or economic policy or his health care plan, but, you know, he hates America. He's a guy that could have been a multimillionaire on Wall Street if he wanted to, and he chose to use public service. So, you know, why don't you pull back on that a little bit? She looked at me like I had two heads. Cause, <laughs> and then on Twitter, I had all these people beating me up for going after her. Oh, my God. They were just all on, yeah, well, they were all on her side because they were anti-Obama, pro-Republican uh. people. So, you know, it's just, they, you know, they, they people just want to hear what they like to hear and they don't want to hear they don't really want I don't say everybody a lot of them don't want to be hear objective stuff you know that's yeah. the problem it, it's tough because uh, like uh, Ben Washburn was on the show uh, last week and he was saying that um, uh, you know we have a real strong confirmation bias and it's really hard to, to keep it in check and he said a fascinating thing he says a, a lie that you want to believe is more powerful than you know than any truth sometimes yeah that's a really good point I wish I had said that in fact, I'm going to start saying that, <laughs> that I came up with that idea. <laughs> no, it's true. Like, people just want to be, have their views confirmed. They don't really want to have their minds changed, you know? Yeah, and a lot of times, you know, I'll read something and I'll look and I'll see someone's comment to something on Facebook or Twitter and I'll be like, and you have to think about it closely and I'll have to re-examine my original thought and think, well, do they have a point or, or are they full of crap? It's it's a, it's a really tough sometimes to balance that. Yeah, it's hard to tell, right? Because... They, they, and they really believe it, you know. So, yeah. And the nice thing is I'm going to get to do more of this uh, on my own. I, I uh, just signed a deal with CBS and CBS News to do segments about politics you know, in a comedic way like we do on The Daily Show with me as the host, doing, uh, like I'm doing one on the inauguration or just did one on the inauguration, rather. Um, and... Uh, you know, using footage and sound bites and making hopefully smart, funny points. So I'm really excited about this new deal I just signed. Oh, cool! <clears throat> and what, yeah, when's, yeah, it's, yeah. When's that going to start? Do you, do you have a start date, or is it still? It's, start, it's starting uh, this uh, this week. It's the uh, second call calling it like it is. It's on CBS and CBS Digital, CBSN. Okay. And uh, people can see it there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's called Calling It Like It Is with Tom Furia. Nice. Nice title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm in a big chat now, so this will be the last time I'm talking. It's just funny to know right now. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you, 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 say that, you say that every time, and every time I hope it Yeah, I know, and then I never accomplish it. I hope this is it. My only goal is to not take your calls anymore. That's my goal. That's exa- exactly, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
are you able to tour a lot with stand-up? Because it always seems you're so busy with, you know, you at least have three or four things in development. You got your steady gig you know, at the Late Show, and before that you were doing, yeah. you know, uh, work for yeah. some of the game shows and stuff. And uh, so, But you're still able to tour uh, on, uh, on the weekends at least, or is that you had to dial yeah, that back? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here and there. I'm going out a little bit more this year um, and just been booking more dates. I've been staying close to home because the Late Show wanted me to be there as much as possible, and still do. But, you know, like, I'll be in, uh, I'll be in, uh, Minnesota, you know, uh, in, uh, February 2nd to the 5th at the House of Comedy, and that noise will go in there, and then I'm, uh, I'm in, uh, Royal Oak, Michigan in April, and, oh, in March, I'm in Philadelphia at the Punchline, and, okay. uh, I'm at the San Francisco Punchline, the end wow. of March, so it's all on my website, PaulMercurio.com, yeah. 1R in Mercurio, Exactly, you know. as we've and, um, before. But yeah, so I'm trying to balance it between that and all my commitments here in the city. So it is a lot, but it's been a it's been a good year though. You know, yeah. working at CBS, I was really been doing CBS Sunday morning pieces, and you know, this uh, new deal I signed, and I'm doing these appearances on the Late Show with Colbert, and being part of that show. It's just kind of opened up a whole new. Uh, oh, and I just had Jeff Sager, the executive producer, of 60 Minutes, on my podcast, which is pretty cool. Well, that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I really, I really encourage people to go hear that. And Christopher Titus, I just did him, and he's on as well. Uh, um, yeah, it's called Two Chairs and a Microphone. Yep. It's a podcast and on iTunes and Audio Boom. And so with the Fager interview, 60 Minutes is really cool. I mean, he's like the guy over there. He's the guy that runs the show and has it. Well, a long time since Don Hewitt retired. And a really cool conversation about how 60 Minutes keeps up its level of excellence and everything, you know? That's cool. Yeah, you do seem to get a lot of people that don't turn up on other podcasts, which is really cool. Or turn up... Yeah. If they do, they turn up on podcasts you wouldn't normally listen to. Like, I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts, so I'm not going to hear an interview like that uh, necessarily unless I, uh, you know, download your show. So that's... Um, right. That's really cool. Right. Um, right. Speaking of their podcast, now, we I talked to you about this after we finished the interview last time because I was working on an article about this, and it turns out I might be working on another article uh, about this because the other one didn't work out, but... Uh, you had mentioned w- when you were young, you liked to, to go swimming, and yeah. uh, this was fascinating. I didn't know this. Right around the time you'd mentioned this on your podcast, that you, you did you go swimming at the Y in Rhode Island? Was that? I went. I went to the boys club. The boys and club then to the Y. Okay. Yeah. The boy, this is at the boys club. And there was something unusual about swimming at the boys club and the Y when you were young, and that was what? Oh, you. Uh, 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 for the age of seven to nine age group, it was required that you swim naked. It was all boys naked swimming. You were not allowed to wear a bathing suit. Yeah. And I, I am not making this up. It's completely true. And um, you would sit there and you would sort of have to do it. And uh, you just went naked. And it didn't seem like any big deal to us. And parents knew about it. And it was sent home in a program and everything else. And then and there you go. And uh, I tell people later in life, and they're like, oh, my God, that's so creepy. And I'm like, I thought it was kind of cool. You know, it was like skinny dipping with a bunch of other kids. And, you know, you had to be careful when you dove. If you didn't cup your body, you'd right, throw right. your balls. <laughs> but, uh, I can imagine. But uh, but it was, in looking back, it was completely weird and freaky and, like, whatever. But it seemed completely normal to us. And it was really free, you know? Yeah. It was crazy. So did you end up preferring to want to swim that way after a while? I and mean, you had to go wear a bathing suit somewhere, you are like, ugh. No, what? I still don't swim with a bathing suit. I've been arrested 736 <laughs> times, but I don't give a shit, man. I break the rules. Yeah, no, I, uh, 
you know, it just, but you know, if you think about it, so let's say you wear a bathing suit, right? Like I'm, in, I'm at the gym right now. I'm on my way to the gym. I'm going to work out and then I'm going to go into the locker room and I'm going to take my shorts off and take a shower. And so are 10 other guys. Yeah. And when they're walking around with their junk out and their asses hang out, why is that location okay to be naked? But then literally around the corner in another location, it's not like, so if you look at it that way, like we were all naked in the pool, but we were going to be, if we had our bathing suits on at seven or eight or nine, and then we went into the locker room, we were going to take our bathing suits off and we would all, and they had communal showers. They didn't have like, you know, this is a boys club. They don't have a lot of money. It wasn't right. like they had nice shower stalls. And yeah. Yeah. Shower stalls. So, um, so what's the difference from standing naked under a shower with a bunch of kids standing around me naked or I'm standing on the side of a pool naked. So, you know, to me, like the outrage, I never quite get, but whenever I tell people around the country, like, oh my God, but then people will call in on a radio go, oh, I, I did that too. But it was back like, exactly. When that's, then you couldn't do that now. There's no yeah. way anybody would allow that to well, be like, a big story. I researched it, and it turns out that it was not uncommon all the way up until the 60s and 70s, and the excuse being that when they first got filtration systems, they were kind of primitive, and they were afraid that, uh, one, that the stuff from people's suits would clog up the filters, and two, they weren't entirely sure where that bathing suit had been, so they made you go through the shower first and then get into the pool naked, and then that would uh, clean the pool. But you're a little younger than me. How old are you, if I may ask? I'm over 25. That's all I'll say. <laughs> okay, well, I'll say that I'm I'm 50, and I swam at the Y probably when I was seven or six or seven. This is early 70s, 73, 74, and we did not have to do that. And I and I guess I don't think I don't think it's just a time thing. I do think it's like areas of location too. Yeah, like I, I think parts parts of the country had it, certain parts didn't. It's you know? strange. Yeah, because our our Y was very old. It was in an old mansion. And so I assume the pool was pretty old too, but they did not make us do that, which I find, uh, which I find yeah. even more strange. Well, well, if you think about it, you mentioned it was stuff from the bathing suit, like lint. Like that's your concern. You, you have a pool filled seven seven-year-old boys. It's going to be ninety-eight percent pee anyway. Like, really, is, <laughs> that's true. Is lint is lint your biggest problem? Like it's so ridiculous, you know. <laughs> That is funny. Yeah. I don't think they yeah. I don't think they thought that one through. Well, the weird, even weirder, they girls had to wear suits in the pool, which is yeah. See, that to me is outrageous. I think the girls should have been naked if the boys had to be naked. But that just that's just me, you know. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No. I, yeah. That, that's a good point. Like, I'm not sure why it was okay for boys and not for girls. You know, like it's I don't know. If it were reversed, people would be yelling at the misogynist society. So I don't yeah, know. That's true. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I think so, I probably uh, I had enough trouble learning to swim when I was six and seven. I probably would have been uh, mortified right. to have to do that. Well, thank God I had a massive penis, so <laughs> that wasn't a problem. That man. would help. Yeah. Well, see, I'm yeah. I'm very pro nudity, but I'm also very pro modesty. So it's kind of an interesting dichotomy. <laughs> that, that, Sort of a fight within yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, if if I'm at home by myself and doing chores and it's summertime, sure, why not? But as soon as anybody's home, oh, no, no. I mean, I wear a t-shirt in the pool. I wear a t-shirt in the pool, for God's sake. Um, I tend to to not be naking around the wood chipper when I'm working the wood chipper. Oh, you got to, yeah. Or, gotta make sure I got some clothes on when I'm working that bad boy. Or, uh, or frying <laughs> or frying bacon or anything like that. You wanna exactly common exactly. common sense, people. Con- use use exactly. your common sense. I hope yeah. you're learning something from this podcast. Exactly. Places to be naked and places not to be naked. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and a swimming pool in theory is is a good one. 
Uh, although oh, people, people might have a problem, people, people might have a problem exactly. with that. Well, my penis is huge. People, kids would, would they start to like get tired from swimming and they just grab on and hang on to it. I was gonna say, Mike. I was just gonna say, yeah. Mike, is this a flotation? Yeah, if you, I was, they're not a gay way. They would just grab it. Right, know? right, right. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, someone yeah. gets in trouble, just just throw that thing into the pool and you know, and and pull them in because you shouldn't jump into the water like that when someone's drowning. Right, exactly. But, um, yeah. And uh, so, what else are you talking about on stage these days? Is it? Have you, did you get worn out by the uh, talking about that stuff, or are you still? Is that still kind of fresh in your mind? Because it's you do. I know you do follow it. You know, even for non-comedy purposes, uh, I know. Um, well, I've been talking about you know, um, you know, kind of the environment we live in with the war on terror and everything, and how that kind of makes you paranoid, and you know how you know you just become jaded and like very. Especially living in a big city, uh, any it doesn't have to be New York City, Cincinnati, in Minnesota. Like there was a homeless guy, and he had no likes uh, from the news down, you know. And I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck it. I'm like, this poor guy, I got to give him money. But before I did put the money in the bucket, I leaned all the way over to make sure he wasn't hiding his legs, like underneath somehow. <laughs> like, like the minute I got the money in the bucket, he's going to jump up and start tap dancing. Gotcha! <laughs> hey, look, I had him all the time. <laughs> you might, you might recognize me from Dancing with the Stars. This is where you end up. Homeless, hey, have us some money. Huh. So you know, or you know, it it so that kind of stuff, and you know, kind of you know, some political social stuff, and what's going on with the world now that Trump's president, and oh, I've been talking about the election stuff before that, and just you know, um, Hillary's new uh, book that she just came out with, emailing to dummies. I've been talking about that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so you know it. It's a good time for comedy, you know, and so there's a good mix of stuff. And then there's the personal stuff. You know, I tend to get in a lot of complications in a yes. consumer situation. So oh, yeah, yeah. People come out people come out to see me. They can hear stories about me getting up. You know, I almost got a fist fight over soup. Uh, I got in a big fight over tuna. I almost got arrested just to pull my pants down and found a guy to fuck me in the ass over a, <laughs> over a newspaper purchase. Oh, my God. So it's really, I got a fight over a red onion. <laughs> and a fan from a store over a red onion. It's not good. Um, I think I have to move to the woods. But I, you know, I would think as you're getting older that you. Fight. Yeah, that? I would think as you're getting older though, you'd start to mellow out a little bit. You know, nah, and life I'm is gonna, good. I'm, I'm going to change. My thing is I'm going to change the world. That's why I do that. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it's yeah. weird. <laughs> so, it, it, yeah, so it's a good mixed bag show, which you know you've seen where. A little bit of something for everybody, you know. And then I get naked at the end, and I, I bring out a baby pool and swim. I was gonna naked. say, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or, I'm a prop act now, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about the February 10th appearance on the Late Show with Colbert, and then the segments I'm doing now for CBS and my Sunday morning appearances. So people can see those and go online and see them on my website, okay, uh, as well. So there you go. yeah, and uh, and everybody. Uh, Check out my podcast, Two Chairs and a Microphone, and please review it on iTunes. Reviews are good. PF, go and do that for me. You're a good friend. I'll do that. Um, say nice things, and you know, that always helps. So I appreciate it. it. It moves things up, yeah. So people can get the podcast on iTunes. They, they can go to your website, I assume, too, and, and connect. Yeah, and click through there. It's Two Chairs and a Microphone. We've got Chris Titus. We've got, um, we've got um, uh, as I mentioned, Jeff Fager. Um, we've got, uh, you know, the classics, Paul McCartney, Brian Cranston, oh, yeah, Colbert, yeah. Yep. Sugar Ray Leonard, Bob Pastis, those are all still there, and, and all then other interviews. new ones are coming up. Uh, you know, Judd Apatow coming up, so that's some really great stuff coming up. Cool, man. 
All right. Well, yeah. at, at this point, we're going to let the listener go, and we'll, we'll fade into the uh, the bumper music to take us into the outro. And then I'm going to ask you a question uh, off the air. Uh, I wanted to ask ask you about something. So uh, right. I'll, I'll thank you for thanks for joining us, and and you know we'll um, we'll promote your dates as always, and and the February 10th appearance on uh, Colbert and and link to the uh, place where they can watch your segments from uh, yeah. CBS this morning. Okay, great. No, man, I, yeah. And, uh, yeah, folks hear this uh, on, like, February 2nd to the 5th. I mean, the House of Comedy in Minnesota to come on out. And then uh, March and April, I got other dates. Uh, check out my website, homecareer.com. Uh, I'll get naked with you at my swimming pool at the hotel. All right, there you go. All right, excellent. So, <laughs> let's plan a swim. All right, well, thanks, man. All right, there you go. You got it, buddy. Thank you. again to Paul Mercurio for being on the show. Uh, you can catch Paul, I'm going to have to read this off of my telephone because uh, I'm actually recording this part of the show uh, at a high school here in Cincinnati where I teach the young people podcasting and comedy writing. I'm between classes now, so I thought I'd uh, use my time efficiently. But uh, the internet's not working, so I have to use it again from my telephone. So February 1st through the 5th at the House of Comedy in Bloomington, Minnesota, right there on the Mall of America. And then he's at the Punchline in Philly, March 2nd uh, through 4th, Comic Strip in Edmonton, 22nd through 26th, Punchline in San Fran, uh, 29th through 1st, the 20th of March, that is through the 1st of April. So for all your Paul Mercurio needs, including uh, links to his podcast, uh, Two Chairs and a Microphone, go to paulmercurio.com. Do not put an extra R in there, even though his name originally is Mercurio. Uh, there was already an Australian dancer with that name who probably took up all the internet space uh, around that. So you have to go to Mercurio, M-E-C-U-R-I-O. And also uh, watch him on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. How about that? He'll be doing stand-up, and he is also doing a lot of writing and uh, segments for that, and I guess as well as uh, CBS Sunday Morning. So do TiVo that if you're not uh, up early on a Sunday morning to watch. Okay, so we're to up to the song of the week. Song of the Week is from an Australian band called the Veronicas. They are twin sisters. Now, of course, the Veronicas, uh, I played their previous single, On Your Side. Uh, they came to my attention because of the uh, their current single, which I'm going to play for you now. I wanted to do the um, their first single, not their first single, the previous single is Song of the Week. They have a couple albums out, actually. But uh, this single got a lot of attention because they won an award uh, at some Australian music uh, ceremony. And uh, they won a award for I was the best single or best group or whatever. Well, they, uh, on the cover of the sleeve for the single, and as well as their appearance on this award show, they appeared just uh, in body paint from the waist up, uh, purple body paint. And uh, and the, th- the reason this actually had a lot of attention is not because of that, but because they had to do it twice. I guess on Australian TV, the they, they weren't back from break or the cameras weren't rolling or they didn't have the right shot, so they had to walk from the back of the house to the up to the stage and then they do it again. And that's why it was not the fact they had body paint on, just the fact they had to walk back all the way from the back of the house all the way to the stage. Uh, I think the body paint was more interesting to me. Now, yes, it is very interesting that they're just wearing body paint on the cover of the single, and I encourage you to Google that, fellas, uh, and maybe ladies. I don't know how uh, you know. I, I don't know how it is, but um, the song is a real banger. I mean, if, if body paint aside, the song is called "In My Blood." It is uh, straight in my basket. It sounds like one of those things where the DJ gets a singer to come uh, along, and they, you know they do a, you know they get a, they get a hook, they get a, a nice lyric going, they get a melody. But um, this is just the two gals, the Veronicas. The song is called "In My Blood." It is the song of the week on PS Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening when I look into your eyes I wanna breathe you in to get me high crawl into the space inside your mind just 